And now, the hosts of Surge Baseball and Beyond, Cookie Rojas and Tim Grubbs. Welcome, fans, to another episode of Surge Baseball and Beyond. I'm your host, Cookie Rojas, along with my co-host and the voice of the Wichita Wind Surge, Mr. Tim Grubbs. How's it going, Tim? Oh, relatively speaking, it's going pretty well. Beautiful day. But, you know, I wish we had a game today, but uh, obviously uh, really nothing new to report on that end. But hopefully here soon enough, we can, you know, be optimistic and hope we'll be playing baseball out there. Yeah, I know uh, there's a real push to get the economy, you know, back on track. And I see some states that are uh, starting to uh, open up, you know, social distancing requirements and businesses, et cetera. We still, I mean, you and I both, we still don't know what's going to happen here in the state of Kansas or Sedgwick County. And and, and we don't know what's going to happen with Major League Baseball, Minor League Baseball. But it is good to see that there are some moves to try to loosen things up. And and like, again, hopefully, I'm, I'm very hopeful that, you know, we'll get something going this year and, and be able to play some baseball at the new ballpark, though. No, but, I agree, um, and it sounds like Kansas is heading in the right direction. So obviously, yeah. it's more than just us. You know, yeah. we need uh, we need all of the the country. You know, because that's who we're playing and all. We need everything to open up. But that's hopefully, true. it happens soon. And you know, hey, it's it's early May, so I kind of look at it like, you know, we just wrapped up April, so we still got a lot of time. There's still a lot of summer left. Yeah. What are some of the, I know you've been you've been doing this a long time, and because you're in the booth and you see them playing every single day, whereas you know, my role in this business has been more administrative and, and running around and, and doing the crazy things during games, et cetera. You really get a chance to see the player development side of, of the game. Just a just a quick question in terms of your career. I mean, you've been seeing baseball for such a long time. What has been one of the best players that you've seen just at, at, in the minor league level, whatever, either in your, your Carolina days or your days in New Orleans? What's that been like? Yeah, no, that's, uh, you know, I, I've given it a little bit of thought. That's It's actually tough because um, there are some players that I've seen that I thought were going to be really good and that, you know, they, they dominated at the minor league level. And then, you know, as you go to the major leagues, you, you weren't as good. Uh, but there are some other players that you knew right away. I mean, the, the Yadier Molinas and the, and the Chris Bryants are probably two of the biggest names mm that I have seen in New Orleans in recent, well, Molina would have been what more than a decade ago. Now, Chris Bryant was just a couple of years ago. And, mm. you know, all of those Chicago Cubs guys, uh, you know, Bryant and Javi Baez and Schwarber, you knew that those guys were special and you knew that they'd be on. But if I had to narrow it down to one guy, um, it would have been Vladimir Guerrero. You know, wow. uh, I saw him and what's crazy is I saw him, <laughs> My very first year in baseball um, wow. in single A in the South Atlantic League. And it is, it's crazy because that first year in baseball, I would have seen Vladimir Guerrero, Andrew Jones, and Todd Helton. You know, wow. all guys that were great. And there was another guy in the league that year, Derek Gibson, who was a big slugger, big guy, played for the Asheville Tourist. I thought he was better than all of them. And wow. I, I, you know, he was, he only got a cup of coffee, but he was, he was a great <laughs> player, but it, it's amazing when I think back at year one, how many great players I saw and now I'm 25 years in and they're still pretty much the top of the list. Wow. And it's crazy because, you know, being that was your year one and for them, you know, they're just starting their real professional careers to be able to see them, 
you know, when their career is in their infancy and to see what they've become. That's that's my that's a heck of a list there. Jeez Louise. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and I have to go with Guerrero because one, he was great and he's already in the Hall of Fame. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, Yadier Molina will be in the Hall of Fame, too. But, you know, Chris Bryant still has a lot of career left. Uh, you know, yeah. Madison Bumgarner is a pitcher that pitched in New Orleans a few years ago and, you know, pitched for Fresno because he was a Giants prospect. He was OK. You know what I mean? Like, I remember him being like, I remember there was a lot of hype. You know, you yeah. read a lot about him. And I was like, OK, this guy's going to be really good. And he just was OK, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then he turns out to be, you know, who he has been, you know, dominated a, several World Series. Jeez. I mean, for me, it's been like I said, it's been different um, during the games. You know, we, we're small businesses. People don't realize that. And so full time staff and, and seasonal game day staff. You know, we share responsibilities, you know, and, you know, I've been in the kitchen making hot dogs and put them in bags when on a day game and stuff. So you really don't get a chance to to watch a lot of the game until maybe later on. Uh, I had a big running joke that people would ask me, oh, you must love watching the games. I'm like, I'm, I'm lucky if I see an inning, you know, uh, no, it's, it's I've always laughed about it because I'm one of the only full time baseball people that is actually supposed to watch the game. You know, somebody yeah. like you, you know, <laughs> if you're the ticket manager and you're watching the game, obviously, you know, unless you're on break, you're missing out on part of your job. You're the, your job right. is to sell tickets, whether it's for tonight's game or a future game and, and right. so forth. So, yeah, it is kind of crazy that most, you know, if you want to get into sports you know, I tell that to people all the time and you want to watch sports, you probably don't want to get into sports because that's, yeah. you're yeah. not going to see too much. That's true. I mean, that's, I mean, if one of the things for me, I, I know there've only been a few players in my professional career in sports that I would actually try to stop what I was doing or try to get to see them play at least an at bat, you know? Um, right. And one of the players that, I mean, that, that comes to mind for me uh, is Jacoby Ellsbury. And one of the things I had a, a rare, trip to Vermont uh, during baseball season. Don't ask me how this happened. And I took the family up to Vermont and we went to see the Vermont Lake Monsters uh, take on the Portland Sea Dogs in double A. And there was all this hype in New England because, you know, Red Sox Nation, we have one news channel, sports channel out there that covers the entire region, covers the Sox and all the other pro teams. And they kept hyping this kid, Jacoby Ellsbury. And uh, so I went up and I got a chance to see him, got tickets to go up there and see him. And uh, we saw this, uh, we saw, we, we went up to go see him play and we were all hyped and I was getting my sons all hyped up about it and whatnot. And he was, uh, an off day for him. <laughs> oh. He was coaching first base. I'm like, are you serious? Like, wow, that's what happened. But lo and behold, uh, later on he came down to Pawtucket. Well, he came up, well, down to Pawtucket, but up to AAA baseball. And I swear I would try to stop what I was doing just to see him play a couple of innings, either out in the outfield, just, just. So fluid, so graceful. And um, I mean, that year, Tim, I think it was 07. I mean, that kid had like, I want to say like seven home runs. Did, didn't hit a lot. For, it's not seven home runs, seven triples. He didn't hit for a lot of power, but he could fly around the bases. I want to say he had an excess of 30 stolen bases in AAA. And I just, I can't believe the number of doubles this kid had, but he could just tell he was one of those kids that was going to evolve. Now, I know. You know, he, he ended up winning World Series twice. You know, he had a gold glove. Um, you know, he's a, he's a heck of an athlete, but I just don't think he was someone that developed as great as he could have been. And, but I just think at the at the AAA level, he was something special. And then the other pitcher, I mean, we were lucky in, in, in Boston. You know, 
Dan Duquette really fed that system. And then he was replaced, obviously, and the new ownership came in and, and whatnot. But then you had a plethora of just kids in the system. And there was another one that we got a chance to see. And this is a more of a Dan Duquette guy, I believe, is uh, Dustin Pedroia. Got a chance to see him play, too, and see him develop. And he was, yeah, I believe, I'm not a tall guy. I'm only 5'7". I think he's actually shorter than me. Um, and it was just amazing to see a kid like that be able to play like that. But the most important thing with Dustin was just seeing his 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 passion for the game. Like it's, this, They love the game of baseball. And uh, just a dirt dog, just love being out there playing baseball. And and on the pitching side, one of the kids that I saw that was just incredible too, and I'm just, I don't know, you might have seen him too, uh, is Clay Buckholz. You know, that's another lanky kid that could just whip the ball. Just an unbelievable, unbelievable uh, uh, pitcher who just dominated down to lower levels. Could never yeah, quite. No, I, I don't. I never saw play. him. So <laughs> he never got a chance to skip. He never. Yeah, because I'm just trying to think where his career is now. In terms that's of, what's kind of other than the last few years when you and I were together in New Orleans. You know, we saw different players because you were in the International mm-hmm. League, right? Um, seeing the Yankees prospects, seeing you know the White Sox, the Red Sox, Twins, etc., mm-hmm. Orioles, etc. Yeah. Where yeah. I've been in the Pacific Coast League. Where I see future Cubs, Cardinals, Dodgers, etc. You know what I mean? So we yeah. kind of saw different people. Yeah, it's it's been a fun run, and that I think that's one of the beautiful things about where we are in AAA is the opportunity to see kids coming up through the system, and then seeing guys coming down and doing rehabs, and we that we could talk about that for days on that. But yeah, um, the list could go long. You know, when yeah. I started thinking about when I started scratching down names, and I started thinking, all right, you know, and I kind of did it by affiliates, like you know, Jock Peterson you know, played for the Dodgers, you know, I saw him in Albuquerque and he had one of the most incredible seasons ever, but I always was wondering, and I think this is the real reason why the Los Angeles Dodgers triple A team is no longer in Albuquerque. You never knew if those numbers were real because, you know, elevation, you know, the way you weren't sure if he was really as good as the stats. And, you know, a couple years later, they switched their affiliate to Oklahoma city, which you know, with a little bit more level playing field. But no, I mean, we could go on and on with yeah. some of the great players because, I mean, the amount of talent that you see, at, you know, in minor league baseball, you know, and sometimes you know who it is because of Baseball America or some of the hype. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you don't. Sometimes these guys, you know, sneak through. Yeah, I mean, I know, like I said, Dustin was one of those kids. And, and you look at his career really did pan out. And I know it's end, towards its end now, but MVP, Rookie of the Year, um, you know, uh, four-time All-Star, you know, World Series champ. That's something you got a chance to see in Pawtucket at, at, you know, for five dollars. You know what I mean? That's a, that's how no, people makes our game special. You know? Yeah, you know, I think you guys are very fortunate. You know, obviously, you not only you know you were in New England and we're the same market as the Red Sox affiliate, but you know, you guys you were involved with that team. You know, when they kind of turned it around, you know, and all of a sudden yeah. became you know, yeah. one of the most dominating franchises and you and Lou and, and the crew in Pawtucket got to see them before they made a big name for themselves. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Maybe next week we'll talk about our uh, one of the big moments or something or one of the other players. But um, I do want to talk about something else that's pressing um, because with this whole you know lockdown, you and I have had some great conversations about Ozark. And I've been corrected by a couple of folks on social media. It's not Ozarks, it's Ozark. And, yeah, it's, um, it's not plural. <laughs> yeah, I, I kept saying, I was like, oh, and then I, I kept getting messages. And even my own family members were like, 
dude, it's Ozark. I'm like, what? Well, you know why we say that? It's because when you go on vacation to the Ozarks, <laughs> you stay in exactly. Coral. Like, I've heard people for years. I've never been there. But I've Me heard neither. people for years yeah. saying, hey, you know, we went to the Ozarks. So I yeah. think because it's plural, you know, we just kind of – my wife has been there. She says it's beautiful. Now, have um, you um, – you ever see the movie She's Out of My League? Yes, I have. Okay, now that family in that movie is going to the, they're from Pittsburgh and they're going to the Ozarks, which made me laugh even more when I saw it recently because I had to, <laughs> they were going on vacation to the Ozarks. And I think maybe that's what stuck in my head, but um, right. I actually, I, I'm probably going to want to go check it out. There's a uh, half marathon that happens around there, so I might want to go check it out. Hopefully, when we can. You know, what's crazy yeah. is I looked it up, it, the aerial shots are the Ozarks in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, but the movie is, I mean, the actual television show or whatever you want to call it, it's filmed in Georgia. Oh, because, you know, my wife and I were thinking, hey, maybe that would be a good, you know, it's not very far from where we live now. Right. You know, maybe yeah. we could, you know, shoot over there for a weekend at some point. And I was even oh. thinking of, oh, we got to go have a drink at the Blue Cat. or you know what I mean? <laughs> And I'm like, and that's when I started Googling stuff and realizing, oh, I've been doing. Oh, they told me in Georgia. <laughs> oh, man. Well, well, we'll see. But uh, uh, we know that happens all the time. But no, yeah, the aerial shot, There are some shots that are really, you know, yeah. what you're seeing. But then some of the other shots are a lake outside of Atlanta, which I get it. You know, obviously, you know, they get the film credits, and there's a ton of stuff filmed in Georgia that people probably are unaware of. Yeah. <laughs> Well, in your time in New Orleans, you saw tons of things that were filmed in New Orleans, and they used the old ballpark parking lot for staging and whatnot. So, yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot of movies. Um, some of them, sometimes you saw that they were at the ballpark. Mister Three Thousand was filmed mm-hmm. inside the ballpark, and wow. it looks like it's Milwaukee's. You know, it looks like Miller Park. <laughs> you know what I mean? And you can tell, like in the dugout, like I know the railing and the bench, and I'm like, yep, that's where. But a lot of times you can't. You know what yeah. I mean? Because they just make it look like you know. CG and you know technology, but yeah, yeah, there's a ton of things filmed in the parking lot. Um, I can't remember. LBJ was filmed in the parking lot. Wow, that really? Movie. Yeah, and it looks like you know you're in DC, but literally you're driving through the parking lot. Wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah, the Woody. I remember just Woody Woody Harrelson being there and all that sort of stuff. But no, and there's a ton of movies. So yeah, no, I mean we've been around it. We understand technology when it comes to that. Yeah. And they just posted, uh, our, our WinSurge social media folks just posted, uh, what's your favorite baseball movie? So while we're on that topic, what uh, I replied with my favorite baseball movie. What's your favorite baseball movie? My, my, my favorite, favorite baseball movie is Field of Dreams. That's my favorite. But if I had to rank them, I think Field of Dreams is up there. Uh, uh, Bad News Bears 1976, I think, is up there, too. Um, uh, a documentary that I like is, uh, the battered bastards of baseball, Kurt Russell. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not. I, I have read about it, and, yeah. but I have never, um, I've never seen that. Netflix. So I, yeah, see if you can I, find I need it. to check it out. Yeah. And then there's yeah, a movie I, I, called Sugar. You got to check that out too. It's called Sugar. It shows the kids in the minor leagues. I um, have seen that. Oh, you did? Yeah, that's a pretty yeah, good movie. I've seen Sugar. The, um, Randy Wayhofer, who was an assistant GM in this league, is in that movie. Is he really? Yes, he is. He interviews somebody at some point. Yeah, he's in there. So for years, so that's the only reason why I saw the movie because I knew Randy was in it. He's he has the poster hanging in his off like the movie poster. He has it hanging in his 
office in Des Moines. And I was like, I need to check that movie out. And then eventually I finally found it and, and watched it. Next so time it's I pretty see cool to see. About it. That is cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool to see a friend, you know, it's, yeah. a, it's a very small part, but, <laughs> but he's in the movie. You get a sad card? Do we know? <laughs> I don't know. I've never asked. I've never got the details, but um, I, I have no idea. It's the only movie he's ever been in, so I don't know if he got it. Yeah, I don't think so. What about you? What are your favorite uh, baseball movies? You know, mine is a little – when the list got unveiled, I immediately was like, whoa, they're way different than me. Um, my favorite um, didn't make the cut. In fact, my first two didn't make the cut. You didn't make – you know what I mean? And I guess because mm-hmm. I'm a little older than some of the staff. Uh, mm-hmm. My favorite is uh, For Love of the Game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, Kevin yeah. Costner yep. throwing a perfect game at, at Yankee Stadium as a Detroit Tiger. My second mm-hmm. favorite is Bull Durham, you know, oh, yeah. uh, working in minor league baseball and riding the buses and all that sort of stuff. That is – that's the most accurate – and it's different because it's – you know what I mean? That movie was filmed mm-hmm. in the late 80s. So yep. it's a little different. We don't have those types of buses and stuff like that. But it is very accurate, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, I think it was my second one that I turned in, uh, Major League. You yes. know, that was a movie that, you know, Wesley Snipes and those guys just yeah. – it's still – it's a movie that when it's on USA or TBS or whatever, even though it's – you know, I've seen it I don't know how many times. I have to stop and watch it. Uh, <laughs> the other one was The Natural is one of my favorite. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. You know what? I, I, I kind of look at Field of Dreams and The Natural, kind of like which one did I make the li- – I did not put Field of Dreams in my top five. Uh-huh. Um because and it, it, yeah, no, I didn't. It was probably six, but it could be moved in and out. And then kind of for fun, and I knew this wouldn't make the list, but I didn't know when we sent the list in if they were going to show all of ours. And I yeah. was just thinking um, one of the one of my favorite movies is Brewster's Millions. And oh, I went with that one. I knew <laughs> no one else Fryer? would. Really? I, w- I knew no one else would put it on their list. <laughs> it was just kind of one of those – that's I, I was like, you know machine. what? Yeah, and it makes me laugh because I used to think about how you could waste that much money in 30 days, <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, without accruing any assets. And if nobody's ever wow. seen it, it is, you know, and I like a lot wow. of the Richard Pryor movies, but I, I just went with it. It probably doesn't deserve to be on the list because I definitely think Field of Dreams is higher than it. But oh. I kind of threw a curveball. I, when we sent it off, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be funny here and just throw that e- one in there. Ever, ever the like comedian. Ever the comedian, Tim. Nice right. job. That's, that is <laughs> – got to go way back. I've, so I've seen that movie. John Candy's in that, right? John Candy, yes, Richard is. Pryor. Yeah. Okay. No. no, I haven't seen that movie in years, so I don't know no, how right, well bye. it dates. You know, I, I, it's funny when I look back at some movies and I'm like, whoa, that didn't date well. And then sometimes <laughs> – you know, and then sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, this one still holds up. You know, it proves the test of time. <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going to have to watch that. I've been on a um, – well, I, I, I finished finally Ozark. I just finished it, um, and I was just blown away at the ending of – no spoilers on our podcast. Yeah, we don't want to But see. if you haven't seen it you, – you finished it, right? I'm finished. Did um, you finish it? I, yep, yep, we are done. Oh, I'm anxiously man. awaiting season four, which – I guess is more than a year away, so uh, you know I'm looking forward to it because oh. I'm hooked. <laughs> oh, me too. Uh, hook, line, and sinker. I, I was I was talking to someone and they were like, you know, I tried watching a little bit of it and I couldn't get into it. I'm like, you you got it. How can that first episode got me into it? But anyways, we're both done. Big fans, watch it. 
and I'm going to have to try to find Brewster's Million to see if that, how that movie has aged. But. Yeah, no, I am too now that we're talking about it. And I'm looking for suggestions, by the way, now that Ozark's, Ozark is over. I, I'm, I'm looking for some – the last couple of days I've been watching a couple of random things here and there. But I, I definitely – the DVR is low, and I definitely need something, you know, something to watch here soon enough. Hey, so if any listener out there wants to make some suggestions, please send them to us uh, either on uh, – just send them to us on Twitter. at uh, You're at what? At Mr. Tim Grubbs? Mr. Tim Grubbs, yes. And I'm at the Cookie Roja. Send us your, your suggestions so we can watch something else. But um, you um, also, uh, on this episode, you had a, another interview with one of our other staff members. Is that correct? Yeah, no, I, I spent, it's actually through a little bit of a curveball. I spent a little time with our uh, assistant general manager, um, hmm. vice president, assistant general manager, Bob Millette, and his fiance, Steph. Oh, um, cool. You know, the, the first part of the interview is just Bob and I. Um, Steph, of course, moved here from New Orleans. They are mm-hmm. getting married at the ballpark, um, you know, later this year. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and, you know, obviously with our, during this, downtime steph's been involved kind of with us she's a she's a teacher counselor and she's been involved with some of the learning lessons and stuff that we have on social media to help people at home so we kind of talked to her about that um you know i'm I'm wearing my no place like home wind surge t-shirt as we speak um and bob was you know one of the major people him and annie um obviously were involved in that so uh you know, it's a really good interview, and I That's think awesome. people, uh, you know, people will really enjoy how, you know, because his path to where he is is a little different, you know, and mm-hmm. I bring that up. You know, mm-hmm. yours, your path was different too, but mm-hmm. I would think a lot of people in minor league baseball are people that came right into sports right out of college. Bob, yeah. you know, went and worked in the retail world. You went and became, you know, a lawyer. So, yeah, I mean, everybody's path's a little different, so that's why I really enjoy these podcasts. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I look forward to hearing the rest of the interview and, and uh, hearing more about that whole combination. That's a great idea, having both of them on the interview as well. So, well, Tim, it's been another fun time talking to you. And uh, hopefully, oh, wait, we have one more thing. We did get a question from one of our- We did get a question. Our, yeah. yeah, we got a question. Yeah. What was that question? It was- uh, Yeah, it came from uh, Nicholas Smith in uh, Palm Beach, oh, yeah. Florida. Um, mm-hmm. His question was, will we see Pat Vendetti- Mm-hmm. In a Marlins uniform this season. Mm-hmm. Um, switch. If you're not aware pitcher. of him, he's a switch pitcher, which we've been fortunate enough to see. He pitched for Sacramento and he's pitched for Nashville mm-hmm. in the PCL. He's also pitched in the big leagues with Oakland, and I think I'm missing another team. But um, he's a guy the Marlins signed in the off season. Um, mm-hmm. Will we see him? You know, I'm hopeful. You know, he was targeted to be a guy that was going to pitch probably in AAA. But, you know, the Marlins signed him as a backup, you know, for, you know, when there's injuries or anything at the major league level. Um, so I do I think you'll see him in the major league level, you know, obviously with a shortened season and all that. I would imagine he will. I mean, he's a guy, you know, a lot of people scouts will refer to as a and I hope he's not mad at this, but he's a four a guy. He's probably better than triple a, you know, and, you know, maybe not enough to stick in the major leagues for a long time. But, hey, I tell you, bullpen pitchers. They come and go and they get hot. Yeah. When you get on a hot streak, they call you up. So, yeah, yeah do I think so? I would I would assume at some point this year, you yeah. know, he'll be pitching in the major leagues with the Marlins. 
Well, hopefully we see baseball, period. That's, that's I think, why everyone can agree on that. So I agree. We're hoping for that, and I'm looking yeah. forward to it because I tell you, this weather has been uh, really nice, and mm-hmm. um, I'm really missing it. You know, now that we're into May, you know, it's, you know, even though life is pretty good and I'm enjoying time with the family, and I, I've never been able to spend this much time in this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My wife's excited because I'll be around on Mother's Day. That's something I have never been able to do for her. But, wow. Uh, that's great. So, yeah, we usually always have a game, but, you know, I, I hope for four long, you know, we're, we're, we're back at the Riverfront Stadium and, and seeing baseball. Likewise. Well, Tim, listen, again, it's been another great episode with you. I appreciate it. And uh, let's do this again next week. Sounds good. We'll line up another guest and uh, we'll have a little fun with it. You got it. Thanks, Tim. All right. Here's our interview coming up with, uh, with Bob Millett. Welcome back out to Surge Baseball and Beyond. We're with Bob Millette, the Vice President, Assistant General Manager of your Wichita Wind Surge. And Bob, uh, I'm going to talk about your job a little bit here, and you can add and delete whatever. Sure. You're, in job, you're involved with uh, branding, social media, promotions, marketing, community outreach, yep. merchandise, just a lot of different things. And, yeah. you know, we all have a lot of hats in uh, – minor league baseball and been in minor league baseball for a while modesto nuts new orleans zephyrs slash baby cakes and now here in wichita you know you were a guy that a little bit different than a lot of us a lot of us got into baseball straight from college yeah you're a little different you actually ventured into the real world as i call it yeah before getting into baseball tell us a little bit about that yeah so uh, i graduated from fresno state in 2008 of course that was the great recession things were just kind of starting to crash um i'd worked for this luxury retail company uh, Abercrombie and Fitch, you've probably heard of it, good mm-hmm. or bad. The guys, you know, with no shirts in front of the yeah. store. I remember that, the that, song that had that in there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> had a bunch uh, of hits. The LFO song, I think <laughs> yeah, that's what I think it was. It was. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I graduated and, you know, I had people who were graduated with me who didn't have any jobs all throughout college. And so they're trying to get their job and people aren't hiring because, you know, it was a recession. And I had a full-time job, benefits. So I was like hey, let's ride this out. Let's see what we can do. It hasn't really hit the retail sector yet. We still have, you know, people coming in and buying things and things like that. Um, And still, there's still growth. So I decided to stay uh, within six months of graduating. I don't even think it was six months. I think it was like three months or something. About six months upon my graduation, I became a store manager in Southern California. Uh, Funny thing is, is when I went to go transfer and I asked for a transfer because I, you know, I love Fresno, but I was there for a while. I wanted to get out and this was an opportunity to do that. Uh, they're like, where do you want to go? And I told them, well, two places I really want to go, New York City or Chicago um, or San Francisco. So actually three. And then one I absolutely don't want to go, Los Angeles. And guess where they sent me? L.A. L.A. <laughs> so I get down there. Uh, you know, within the six months, I get promoted uh, to store manager. So I, I ran my own store. I had my own management team. I had my own part-timers, you know, running the brand in Downey, California, which is a little bit more inland, empire-ish area. Um, and I did that for a while, and then that was great. But then I decided, hey, I want to go bigger and better. So I did ask for a transfer to New York, New York, and I got the transfer to Fifth Avenue. So I went from, you know, an okay store. I did $4 million to the number one store in the company. I went from management team of five to 30 and a part-time staff of 
uh, I think 150 to 1500. Wow. So it was like 24/7 operation, and uh, so I did that for a while. I, I love living in the big city. I lived in you know Upper West Side for a little bit. I lived in a shoebox. Right. Um, six floor walk up pre Civil War building, everything like that. Um, but I started to kind of get to the point where it's like, hey, I like this, but this is all I know, and I don't want this to be all I know. Um, I know I'm good at it, but I want to kind of venture into something else that's a little bit more within my background, which is business administration with my option in marketing. And so decided to move back to Southern California and then get into internet marketing. I worked for a company called Campus Explorer, which at the time was the nation's largest college search engine. So at that time, if you went to campusexplorer.com and you put in Wichita State University, you would get free information uh, about the university, what kind of programs do they offer? What kind of grants? What's the you know what's the student the the guy to girl ratio? All those types of things. How we made our money was we actually uh, it was a lead generating site. So if you went on and you're looking up WSU information, it would ask you, hey, do you mind if these partners uh, reach out to you about programs they have? So we're talking the for profit, so DeVry, University of Phoenix, right. and stuff like that. And so that's how we would make our money per lead. The universities would pay for that. So it was great. Uh, I did that for about a year and a half or something. I, I worked in Santa Monica, um, you know, classic L.A. traffic. I, wor- I lived 24 miles away, and it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get <laughs> to and from work. So that was a little exhausting. And then, you know, the one thing I didn't want to do was sit in front of a computer all day. So I went from being out on the floor, doing some operational things in retail, to literally sitting in front of a computer, crunching numbers, building ads, working with Facebook ads before they were not, they, they're not what Facebook ads are today. And so just kind of a bunch of things kind of came in alignment. And I said, hey, you know what? At 28 years old, I'm going to start over. I got one shot to do this. I'm in my late 20s. And so I ended up taking an internship uh, with a team that was my very first job in my hometown, Modesto, California. I was a parking attendant at that time. Oh, wow. Um, and the funny part about it was as I was going through the interview process, um, they actually did not, I wouldn't say accept me, but they saw my resume, lower level people saw the resume, kind of let it through. How I ended up getting the interview was I was at the point where I was pretty much thinking, all right, this dream's probably not happening. I got to go be a responsible adult and find a job. So I went to this job placement site. um, And I will never forget uh, Chris Peterson. He was the guy over there, I think, uh, availability network or something like that. But they basically help with job placements for qualified candidates. And he goes, what do you really want to do? And I was like, I I really wanted to be in sports. I really want to be in sports. I'm just being realistic at this point in time. And he's like, well, have you reached out to the Modesto franchise? And I was like, I have, but I never heard anything back. He's like, well, I know the GM. He owes me a favor, so send me your resume, and I'll send it over to you. So then I get a call like 48 hours. Hey, I uh, want to set up a phone interview with <laughs> you or whatever. And how it happened was the GM saw my resume, saw my last name, which is a pretty unique last name. I think there's like 12 Millets in all of, you know, in all of the United States. Um, and so with that, uh, he remembered my last name because he was the director of PR and community engagement when I was a part-time worker there. And so from there, 
I mean, we're sitting here. There's a, that's a long story. Yeah, but we're no, but that's, here, but, it's, but like I said, like, you know, for me, I mean, I came, you know, I interned when I was in college for a major league baseball team. And then, you know, immediately went to work in minor league baseball. Yeah. I think a lot of us, you know, who work here for the wind surge, at least we all have the same story we, we jumped in at 21, 22 yeah. years old and, yeah. and you're a little different. There's a few other of us that sure. work here that it's a little different. So for you, um, you know, obviously you were on the forefront. Like I worked with you in New Orleans yep. for a few years and, you know, you, Jay Miller was the first one that started here in Wichita and yeah. in the trailer. Um, I guess it was last February, last January. Yeah. And then you were second. Yeah. Um, I remember when you told me, Hey, I'm leaving to go to Wichita early and you were involved with the branding and Wichita yeah. baseball 2020 coming up with the, the wind surge name and the marks and yeah. everything behind it. And you know, we don't have to get into a lot of it, but there's a lot of things. Like, I think the one thing that people don't realize is trademarks and yeah. wind surge may not have been our first pick, sure. you know, but uh, tell us a little bit what goes into, cause you were involved with Zephyr's to baby cakes. Yeah. A little bit because you were coming on board mm-hmm. then, and now you know Wichita baseball to wind surge and what all goes into different things like that. Yeah, I, you know the Zephyrs the baby cakes for me, I wasn't in that one one hundred percent. Right, because you kind of came late. Yeah, we already um, had a little a lot of it. So that's done. where we developed marks, right, and started to develop a brand. And so I came in on that part of that process right like when i came into new orleans at first my my sole responsibility which was one out of the 17 responsibilities i had in modesto was just merchandise, merchandise right yeah. and building the Get infrastructure the ready, on that right. and and doing that and um you know and, and as i kind of went through that ranks you know and obviously the the baby cakes brand was a huge success i mean we had 400 online orders in, you know, 36 hours. And, yeah, it was you know, crazy. I think El Paso had the record before we did, and then we, we smashed that one out of the water. Um, but, yeah, no, it was very interesting doing the Wichita stuff um, and how much has to go into it. You know, everyone thinks, hey, I got this great name. I got this great logo. I'm just going to use it. Right. And, unfortunately, that's just, that's just not how it works, you know. Um, you know, I was just one – of the about four or five of us that were in it every day and then you add everyone else's opinions into it um that you know would say hey this is you know what we think here this is what it is um you know going through you know the name process like you said you know trademark you you don't just get to throw names at the trademarking system you (laughs) have to pay every time that you do that and with with that you know there's some names that maybe we would have wanted uh, but we couldn't because they were a high risk and right. our process was unique in that, you know, you take, you take like, uh, rocket city trash pandas, right. Who were the Huntsville stars right. before the, you know, when the stars, before the stars moved and then came back, they had two years to go through the branding process. We had 14 months. And so as you're going through it in 14 months, if you have two years or a little bit longer, you can probably go after some of those medium high risk trademarks because you have time during the litigation process but for us the timeline really is you know i think we found out in what september of 18 lou pulled us all in the room yep, i remember it well this is what's gonna <laughs> happen and uh, at that point i think we were still talking about opening day 2021 exactly yeah yeah, we weren't planning on being here in 2020 yet there was still some i guess a yeah. lot of it had to depend on you know politics and yep. government to, to push this through for this ballpark to be built 
to be ready for April 2020. Yeah, no, and uh, you know, we we found on September. I think I went out to check it out in Wichita for the first time in my entire life uh, in October. Right. Was there for a day or two, and this was just literally checking it out, meeting with you know the greater you know Wichita, uh, Wichita partnership, um, all those things. Uh, and then came back out in January to do the branding, uh, as far as branding, like reaching out. I mean, we reached out to 300 people around town, different pockets of town, Q and A's talked about the branding process, talked about, Hey, what, what, what do you guys not want to be? Right. What things do you think would, I mean, I know for me who had never been to Kansas until February of 2019 yeah i always thought of kansas as wizard of oz yeah obviously we found out that people don't want that yeah now that i've lived here i know for sure yeah they don't really like that (laughs) yep um and then you have two trains of thought right i mean you're you're taking the city right now uh what the most important part is this ballpark uh you know everyone is caught up some people get caught up on it's baseball and this is so much more than baseball Right. right this is a quality of life issue and, you know, in the pockets that we, you know, were interviewing and talking to, a lot of people were saying, hey, look, we're progressing and we we like Air Capital. We get it. Air Capital is what made us, Chisholm Trails, what made us. But we are on kind of the next step and we want something that's going to be representative of that. You sure. Know? And so that's what we really had to go into when we were kind of considering the naming process and everything like that. Yeah, no, and it's it's a great story. And, you know, I'm happy. You know, obviously, I've been impressed with Wichita from the first time I put, came here Yeah, 14 months ago, 15 months ago, till yeah. you know, moving here six months later. And now I've been here for, what is it, six or seven months, however the timeline. Yeah. You, for you, you missed baseball last year. Yeah. Because, you, you know, you were supposed to work for the New Orleans club, and all of a sudden they pull you out, you know, shortly before opening day. I think you were there opening day, right? No. Oh, you were right. right I was, up. my first day here was was uh saint patty's day okay so you came late you know mid yeah, mid-march yep. so mm-hmm. yeah they pull you out of new orleans so you work a year with no baseball yeah even though you were you know behind the scenes doing the branding and doing everything you're involved with here in wichita yeah to now here we are in 2020 we did not have our opening day yeah you know so it's it's got to be weird for you now to be almost year two you know not being in baseball yeah, no, I I was just thinking about that on the way over here. It's just it's just crazy, right? I mean, I, I love working the games. I know right. some people, you know, they they love their nine to fives, and that's cool. But I I love working the seventy games. I don't I don't mind working the ten game homestand or whatever. So it's going to be very interesting once we get rolling because if for some reason you know if if we are able to roll this season, not only are we going to be have to be ready to go, we're going to have to hit the ground running. Right, and so it's not like we could slowly build it up. I mean, because I don't think people understand, you know, with this pandemic going on, it not only did it postpone our season, but it's also postponed our planning because we can't have access to the building. We can't do this. So it's not like we're sitting here still doing all the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. You know, we're not. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, like as far as in-game entertainment, we had to put all that on hold. Right. I mean, learn the control room and all that stuff. So right now it's not like people are getting in there every day and learning the programs. It's just literally, hey, you've stopped. You might stop for a month or two and then you're going to pick back up where you are again. Uh, But, you know, we don't know with Major League Baseball what's going on. And until we know that, that's really going to be what our timeline is. So it's definitely... It's it's interesting, that's for sure. It is crazy times. I'm going to welcome in your fiance here in a minute. Uh, one of the things you have done, I think with a lot of her help, and you can 
give her all the credit in the world here is uh, during this pandemic is uh, through our social media. You guys have done a lot. We've done a lot of activities for kids that were in schools and and so forth. And talk about, you know, the different things. I know there's the geography of the map of all the AAA teams and all that sort of stuff. There's been a lot of great little activities. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, I think um, with everything that's going on and being so unprecedented, you know, with the background that uh, I have, my mother's a teacher, obviously Stephanie's in the educational program, you know, watching her five feet away from me in our office, in our new offices, and seeing how they have to adjust to a virtual learning site. Uh, there's a lot of pressure because it's, un, you know, unprecedented, right? And so right. I think when we were going through it, we again, we wanted to be a brand that wasn't just about baseball. We're about the community. And, you know, we had the reading program fully running. I think mm-hmm. we had Man, we had almost 10,000 kids already enrolled in that, which is a bummer that we had to halt that. Yeah, because I knew Ryan and Jesse were hitting up different appearances yeah. and doing all that but, you know, for a uh, couple you know, weeks then. I, I sat down you know, with Stephanie and said, hey, I, these are some of the ideas that I want to do. Like, What are your kind of thoughts on it? Because she has some of the tools, right. knows the tools uh, to use that we – you know, that I wouldn't have known of. So, you know, I'm glad that she was kind of helping out and she's here. Yeah, she's here. And uh, Stephanie Ducro, welcome to our podcast. Thank We're changing you. things up a little bit. Normally it's just one-on-one with a wind surge employee, but you know, you've really helped this organization through in this, this little saga. You're a, a counselor at Andover Public Schools. You've done this in New Orleans for years. You guys met in New Orleans yeah. a yes. couple of years ago. And yep. First, I guess before we even get into that program, how scary was it for you to leave your hometown to move to middle America, to move to Wichita, Kansas? Um, It was kind of scary. I have only lived outside of New Orleans in Orlando, Florida for about six months. I worked for the Walt Disney Corporation. Um, I was an intern. So that was um, just a little small blip right after Hurricane Katrina. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I've, you know, born and raised, lived in the greater New Orleans area. So Bob was very transparent from the minute we met about possibilities of moving. Right. Um, but timeline, obviously, was up in the air. So it was always something that we talked about and had conversations um, around, but it wasn't really real until he was in Wichita and I was in New Orleans and we had to make some major decisions, obviously. And then coming up here to visit him and just being so welcomed by the community and meeting so many great people, I knew that we were really setting ourselves up for a great future here. Yeah, no, it's a great place that's, you know, obviously my wife and I are raising a family here, a little girl as well. So I think it's definitely going to be good along that lines. For you, when Bob came to you and you were being kind of shut down from your schooling, uh, what ideas, what what all did you throw out there to be like, hey, what if we put this out there on social media? Because this is un. This is unprecedented times. Like, right. like when I first, I didn't know we were doing that. You know, I'm on social media. So I started seeing some of the early stuff going, wow, that's really cool that we've got coloring pages and we've got crossword puzzles. And then it, it, obviously it's expanded yeah, beyond definitely. that. Yeah, definitely. So Bob, I mean, he was really interested in pushing the reading program, which was already underway in a lot of the schools and even some of my coworkers who have kids in the elementary schools. I mean, not only in the Wichita school district, but also in the Andover school district where I am, they would come to me and say, 
Stephanie, there were people at, you know, Sunflower Elementary today with this reading program with the Witches Hall Wind Surge. Um, so that was really cool to have like my world and Bob's world's mesh. But once the virtual learning piece came in, it was more of like, how do you expand that educational reach? And I remember one of the very first conversations, Bob said, you know, what about math? Can I just make a math page and we can share it with all of these different grade levels? And I said, um, actually, no. The skills involved for a first grader to do basic addition, subtraction is very different than a middle schooler who's right. doing like pre-algebra, essentially. Um, so I got him set up with a couple of educational websites and he was able to pull some of those different English language arts and geography and math skills to expand the educational um online portal, I guess, if you will, for the wind surge, which has been really cool. Yeah. And I know as a person who wasn't great at, especially math when I was in grade school, when people put it into sports terms, a lot of times it really helped for somebody like me. So I'm sure having that wind surge logo and calculating ERA or, you know what I mean? Slugging right. percentage, it probably really hits, you know, to kids like, Hey, I need to know how to do these math skills. Absolutely. And I think applying it to real life too, and making it fun is huge. Now, for you guys personally, you moved here, and I'm sure you didn't want to move here to play house. You eventually got engaged. Yes. We were betting in the uh, trailers what, that you guys might be the you might be the first engagement inside a Riverfront Stadium before we even had a name. Obviously, you got engaged well before that. Are you going to be the first wedding here at the ballpark? I mean, it's po <laughs> but based on the way that we're going right now with the pandemic and everything, it's possible. I mean. The wedding might be the very first event. We right. We just know. don't know. We don't, don't know the know. timeline. Uh, you know, we are. Yeah, we're, we're slated to get married at the ballpark. Uh, I, I talked to her about it, and I told her, look, we're not going to have baseball bats and, you know, crossed right. at home play. I mean, it, when you look at this ballpark, it's just so beautiful and all the spots that there you could really showcase a great event and i think a wedding would be great to have there and i think and at first i was completely not on board i said absolutely not we are not having the wedding at the ballpark but then once the construction was coming along and i saw how really beautiful there the different parts of the stadium were overlooking the river overlooking the delano district i was I 100 changed my mind and was completely on board yeah and i think once people see you know the Emprise Party Pavilion, the Fidelity Club. A lot of people have seen them, you know, maybe not quite yeah. 100%, when they realize it really is going to be no different than, yeah. you know, I mean, the Hyatt or, you know, mm -hmm. other venues in town. Well, and, and the thing, too, that's unique about what we wanted to do was, um, you know, we thought about having the wedding in New Orleans, but then we thought, hey, I think it would be, I think it would be fair to do it in Wichita because this is us right because right? you got and, your family and friends from california yep. and all, everywhere and your family coming from louisiana and our story really is baseball right I mean, that's how we met i mean we met through the girlfriend at the time of our head groundskeeper scott blanchett in new orleans i mean right and that's what's really what it has been i mean we've talked about it and, and when we talked about the venue i said look the venue is us we could go out to some country club or something around here, but we have no, you know, affiliation with it other than we're using it as a venue. So we want to throw a party, uh, a New Orleans style party. Very cool. Right? So we're bringing gonna, your culture into yep. this. 
And, yes. And so there'll well, be a second line and. I mean, possibly <laughs> a, some sort of second line esque, yes, but definitely more of like cocktails and fun, right. not a traditional sit down, more of just like everybody, let's come together, let's join families and friends and mix and mingle and dance and have drinks and just, yeah, have a party, celebrate. Well, well we're looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it's the caps. What will be the end of a great baseball season, yeah. even though it's shorter. But I hope it's the end of a big, great baseball season. Yeah. Right. No, you know, sure. that'll be right when, you know, Major League Baseball playoffs will be kicking off. And, yeah. well, depending on their timeline, we don't really know anything. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe we can have the, the baseball games televised while the wedding's going on. Right. Let's just keep the theme going. Keep the theme going. So you're enjoying Wichita? I mean, I know you're probably missing the food. As a person who lived in New Orleans for as long as I did, I guess that's the one thing I miss the most. I do, yes. We actually um, had a friend who works for the wind surge also Alex, he was in new Orleans for a little bit of time. And I said, before you drive back up, can you please stop at the grocery for me? And of course he said, Oh yeah, staff, whatever you need. And I, I, he kind of joked with me. He's like, what exactly am I getting? And I said, I need crab oil. I need Zatarans, <laughs> um, jambalaya mix. Yep. I need anything blue runner that you can find red beans, like gumbo base, just because I have been having a tough time finding the right seasonings right. for cooking. Um, but we've been doing a pretty good job. I mean, we, we do love to cook and, but yeah, missing, missing new Orleans, like some of those traditional things like crawfish and gumbo and etouffee and, um, so trying to, trying to mix it up and bring some of those things here for sure. Yeah, no, we eat some of that stuff as well, but we're enjoying, you know, this Wichita food as oh, well. Yeah. So, but I appreciate both of you guys spending some time with us. Yeah. You know, this is great. And, uh, you know, we're just trying to give people some entertainment, a little bit behind the scenes to yeah. someone, even behind the scenes of Bob, you know, kind of bringing <laughs> you into our house. So, uh, you know, we're hopefully looking forward to seeing you at the ballpark yes, and, um, for sure. can't wait to see this wedding and, uh, Hopefully we'll play baseball soon. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you joining, spending some time with us. All right. Thanks. thanks. Once again, I'd like to thank uh, Bob and Stephanie for joining us as our guests this week on the fifth edition of Surge Baseball and Beyond. Also, would like to thank my co-host, Cookie Rojas. Once again, folks, if you have questions for Cookie or I or any of our staff, feel free to Send a message to us uh, via Twitter. Windsurge ICT is the team account, or you can direct them to Cookie or I individually. Cookie's Twitter address is the Cookie Rojas, and my address, of course, is Mr. Tim Grups. We appreciate you liking our podcast and uh, give us some feedback. You know, let us know how we're doing, and definitely recommend us on iTunes and so forth. Be safe and healthy, and we look forward to talking to you again next week and hopefully see you at the ballpark before long. Good day, everyone.